Hey, Rob. What are we doing here? Hey, Aaron. Uh, so, I had you watch a video earlier in the week that you posted on your Facebook about pa- about punctuality. And I just oh, thought, yeah, yeah. I just thought that it gave me a little perspective on the topic. Interesting. Um, have you changed your... Have you turned into an Aaron of the world? Oh, or are you... hell no. <laughs> oh, hell no. Um... As a matter of fact, I, I go run with a couple guys every Tuesday, uh-huh. and we agreed this week to do it a little bit earlier than usual. We decided to go at 6.30 rather than 7. Okay. And I got there at 6.25, and no one else showed up until 6.50. And I was oh, dang. pretty upset. But that's not the yeah. point. That's not... Uh, this, this video will be linked in the show notes, but it's just uh, John Green video and he's talking about you know how he is punctual to a fault and that he's punctual and that he always justifies his punctuality by saying he's trying to uh, respect other people's time but then he mm-hmm. goes on to to also say that sometimes when he's rushing people to be at places is he really respecting them and that this just is a reminder to me and hopefully to anyone who watches the video, that almost nothing is as simple as you think it is on its face value. That's true. So the thing that I love about it, though, first of all, I love that Rob sent this to me and said, I'm not trying to lecture you. You need to wait until the end. Even though he knows that even if he were trying to lecture me, I would have been like, fair point, fair point. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I, I wouldn't have... Things like that don't really upset me, uh, especially if it's true. <laughs> so, but you did. You were like, "Hey, just well, you know, you got to watch to the end because it's 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 more more than meets the eye." Because the vi- title of the video is called "On Punctuality," and he begins it basically by saying, "I am the most punctual person on the planet," <laughs> and so you're like, "Okay, I know where this is going." Um, but yeah, he I I don't remember the quote, uh, but he he quoted I think E.B. White, um, which was again it's just like yeah, like you said it kind of turned it on its head because I kind of tend to agree with you and him that it's better to be punctual, right? Um, and one of the things that he is better at than anyone else on the planet is even when no one like look here's what I would say when we talked about punctuality. I didn't defend my lack of it as if other people should be that way, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I cannot physically come up with a good argument for why you should be less punctual at the time, and even almost kind of now. But even when he is super punctual, he has good reasons for being punctual, and no one is arguing with him about being, about being punctual. He could still come up with a way to argue with himself yeah. <laughs> on that topic. And that's one of the things that I think John Green is like especially good at is empathizing with other points, even when or other points of view, even when almost no one else can come up with a good like argument for why you should be less punctual. Yeah, speaking of um, you know, him coming up with arguments against himself and if you don't know who John Green is, he's an author. He does a lot of young adult fiction. But he's also just in general an internet personality. Uh, and in my personal opinion, he's an internet personality on the force for good. He's an example of why the internet's a good thing. No um, question. In my opinion. I'm sure there are people who disagree with me. but Those people do not know what they're talking about. <laughs> but he has a new podcast. Oh, um, does he? Yeah, it's just him. Um, and it oh. is weird. Uh, Interesting. It's it's surreal. It's a very weird experience listening to it because he like. Interesting. Okay, it's called the Anthropocene Reviewed. Sorry, sorry, say that one. The amp- Anthropocene. Yeah. Which okay. I think the Anthropocene is a word that refers to all things in the universe. I don't know that for sure, but that's kind. Of, I actually haven't bothered to look up what that word actually means. I thought it was like a humanistic or something. Maybe it's humanistic. I don't, maybe, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Yeah, I think it means, like, things involving human. Humanity. No. 
relating to or denoting the current geological age. So, yes, the human part of it is viewed as the period during which human activity has been the dominant influence on climate and the environment. Right. So the, the current age, because the current age is dominated by humans. So, so far there's only three episodes out. Okay. Um, and what he does is he gives a, a zero to five star rating to, to, to just anything, anything. And they're really okay. eloquently written in this kind of like nostalgic uh, huh. art, artist way. So wait, wait, can you can you give me an example of something he's rated? So episode one is Canadian geese and diet Dr Pepper. So he rated both of those things on a zero on a zero to five star scale. Interesting. And, and the podcast is like twenty minutes long. So he talks a lot about the, each of these things and what like and it's it's like it's got this like I, I, the best word I can describe for it is he's got like this nostalgic tone where he's kind of talking about it as if like humanity has ended and this is someone going back and just talking about oh the human experience it's, like he doesn't explicitly say it's that way but that's the way I kind of interpreted it so far interesting okay um episode 2 is Haley's comment and cholera Okay. And episode three, which is the only one I haven't listened to yet, is Googling Strangers and Kentucky Bluegrass. Interesting. So I, I would say if if I were to guess John Green, I'm thinking that he's such a history nut that he probably loves Halley's Comet, right? Because, like, so much of history is built around, like, we know what year this was because... It was the same year someone wrote down that they saw Halley's Comet, yeah, right? So you're absolutely right <laughs> yes. uh, that he loved it. But the way he talks about it is crazy because it's not actually part of the Anthropocene, right? It's been around for way yeah. longer than humanity. But he talks about it from strictly the standpoint of how it's affected humans. And it's very interesting. It's – I don't know. I don't – I'm not suggesting this podcast is for everyone, but I fucking love it. And it's so interesting. weird. It's so weird. Okay, um, I'll have to check it out. It's 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 he He's one of those people though where you can disagree with him and any almost any topic he's talking about is all of a sudden entrancing. Yeah, it's, just because he's so he's such a good speaker. It's insane. <laughs> um and if I'll put a link to that podcast in the show notes, but if anyone wants to know that's about Anthropocene, A N T H R O P O C E N E. Reviewed. Yeah. The Anthropocene Reviewed. Um, if you want something surreal, artsy-fartsy, <laughs> pointless, this is the podcast for you. Yeah, so and, and I would say side comment, because I don't think we've talked about it here, but him and his brother, um, probably the thing that made me know who they are were are <laughs> most uh, above anything else is the fact that they founded the Crash Course YouTube channel. Which is awesome, in my opinion. They do all of the and SciShow, but um, and I like SciShow, but I think Crash Course is so cool because even topics that you don't think you would enjoy, they find a way to make fascinating to you. And, and I find that like I'll run out of them, and then I'll go watch Archer and Family Guy and shit like that for three to five months. You know, late at night, right before I go to bed, and then I'll go hop back over there, and they've got four or five more series, and I will watch every single episode of every series. Um, you know, they're coming and... out with textbooks for each of those courses now that they're giving. To, really, they're giving them to teachers for free, so they come with like homework assignments and read and outside of class wow. assignments, and they're giving them to schools for free. So, like, they're trying to like. Because textbooks are a big problem for, like, developing poor countries yeah. and poor neighborhoods. And so they're hoping is that they can just, like, put everyone on a level playing field and just... That's badass. Make it so that that's one less thing that, that poor school districts have to deal with is a lack of resources. Uh, so now, yeah, that's so awesome. And I think the reason why you probably like Crash Course more than SciShow is that Crash Course is very much structured in a linear, like, yeah. you know... This is this is the beginning. Foundational. Yeah, this is the beginning of the topic, and as you advance through the course, we are going to get more advanced. And SciShow seems to be a lot more sporadic, where they'll just be talking yeah. about a topic for one episode rather than making an entire yeah. course out of something, which is still interesting, um, but not quite as you know 
quite as <laughs> I, I yeah I really love that love that progression um, and they just they they help you look at things in a way that you haven't looked at them before like one thing that John Green he's the one that hosted both world history and U.S. history and the thing that's so great about his interpretation of history is like every episode ends with a here's kind of what we talked about but like here's what you should take from it. And what you should take from it is like, just think about this topic and think about how it's affected history and think how it's affected your life today. And it's just like, no one ever does that. Like how, how does the legacy of like, let's say the Roman empire affect all of history in your life today? It's just kind of like, this is what happened. This is the date that happened and that's it. And he gives it this more of like a, here's why it's important for you to know about it, you know, (laughs) like, which is just so good. And they do a lot of good um, visual cues in the episodes, and it does a lot to like just keep keep you interested throughout the episode. Keep you interested. One of my favorites is every time he says "long ass," he he follows it up with, uh, "and it's not a swear if you're talking about a donkey." And then they show a quick like clip of a donkey being stretched out, and I'm like, it's so good, like little shit like that where it takes. Seven seconds, long ass time, and then they show a clip of a donkey lengthening, and you're like, "Yes." So anyway, I uh, could not recommend him more, and so uh, the, I'm sure the podcast is awesome. I'll have to check it out. All right, Aaron. There's something that I'm pretty sure that you're gonna want to talk about, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna say right now. I'm gonna uh-huh. as soon as I'm done talking, you will uh-huh. have five minutes to talk about it, and then we're done. Oh my god! Okay. There has been an epic Facebook comment duel on your gun. <laughs> <laughs> your you, you posted a link to Justice Stevens, correct? Saying that he doesn't agree with the interpretation of the Second Amendment. Yeah. Um. This brought out. I don't know. You tagged me at some point. Whatever you tagged me in, I didn't read it. I didn't read any of this stuff. Like I read the first like three well thought out things, and then saw where it started to divulge into <laughs> poop throwing, and I just stopped. And then I went yeah. back the other day and saw that like I clicked see previous comments like thirty times, and I could still <laughs> keep clicking it. So starting right yeah. now, is there anything you want to say about that conversation? Five minutes go. Oh wow, that's hard. Okay, so. You're right. Um, Justice Stevens says he doesn't like the interpretation, um, but he goes further and says, also, the reason I don't like the interpretation is because the Second Amendment is so poorly written and it's so shittily interpreted by the NRA and by other justices and by, you know, half of America that we should just repeal it and uh, maybe rewrite it, you know, if we want to codify something about the ownership or the bearing of firearms in the United States, but... Otherwise, like, that's it. Like, we, we should just repeal it, um, which I happen to subscribe to. Now, in the hundreds of subsequent comments to that article, did anyone yeah. say anything to change your perspective on anything? No. Um, so you're <laughs> right. There was a lot of poop throwing devolved. Uh, it devolved into a lot of <laughs> poop throwing. I think um, I, I am... I am uh, guilty of it too, I, and and uh, so one thing you'll notice, and this is er, anyone who knows me will notice. I this. won't notice it because I'm not going to read this. Well, uh, you'll even notice it here though. Is like if I'm in an argument, and I think it's warranted, there is a large amount of sarcasm and snark that I will throw in. And so I think what happened is that uh, like somebody commented, and I. I was of the opinion that it just the the entire comment was a canned, in my opinion, Fox News uh, fueled, but maybe not. But still, it was very canned responses to gun control. And my point was, I am really irritated by all of this comment because that is not what Justice Stevens is talking about. He didn't talk about raising the age to twenty one. He didn't talk about semi automatic assault refer- weapons. He didn't talk about any of clip sizes or any of these things he talked about repealing the second amendment and the fact that you wrote this fucking huge ass canned comment is just so irritating to me because this has nothing to do with that and typically i try to be 
very careful to actually respond. If you post a video, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to quote quotes from that video and respond to those quotes. Like I will respond to the content. Regardless, it devolves. Um, and then there's a certain individual who uh, takes things more personally, I think. And it's, it's just like hard for me to empathize with because I don't take anything personally. Um, just not at all. It's just not worth my time to take people's slinging, poop slinging personally. So I just don't take it personally. Um, but most of the devolving was uh, an individual or individuals taking things more personally than they should have. And I would say I never enjoy it when it gets to that point. It, it in my opinion, d- distracts from what positive conversation could have occurred. Um, and regardless of what you think, that doesn't change anyone's mind, right? So um, also what's even funnier is one of those people, somebody deleted all, almost all of their comments. And so now the conversation looks hilarious. <laughs> like just fucking like the people, like what are these people talking about? <laughs> like, you know, no one. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. Did I do five minutes? Less than we're good. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about guns forever, but no, talking about no. that conversation, that's where I'd end it is it devolved and, you know, and I was just as guilty as causing some of the devolving as others, I would say. Uh, we still have got, we've got another minute before we hit five. Um, okay. Do you think that the personal attacks that start kind of start happening, you say that you don't really listen to them because you don't feel like it, it, it advances the conversation at all? Yeah. Don't you think that snarky sarcasm has the same effect where it just makes people lock up into their own review, their own opinions and not want to listen to anything else you say? Yes. Cool. That's all. <laughs> yeah, like, I can expand on that, but it's it's one of those things like, yes, but I'm an asshole. Or, you know, it's just like a, a, a part of my personality that I have not been able to shake. Or do you think so. it's an acknowledgement that there's pretty much nothing you can say on an internet board to ever change anyone's mind on anything? I disagree. Uh, I, I have had my mind changed, and I have had... I think have you had I've, your mind I've, changed because someone pointed out that you were factually wrong about something? Or did you have your mind changed on something that isn't factual and that there's an opinion? Oh, five minutes. Never mind. Moving on. This is a conversation that we're about to have that I suspect we will agree vehemently on and will be boring. But it came into my field of view a long time ago, and when it first happened, when it first came into my 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 radar, I thought that's ridiculous. Nothing will ever happen. And then the worst possible thing happened, um, and I just want to talk about it with you for just probably a minute because we're going to agree, and then we're going to say cool. <laughs> Wasted everyone's time not having a constructive conversation. Okay, so there's a YouTuber who goes by the alias Count Dankula. I say that. Because I'm going to say Count Dankula a bunch, and it make, kills me on the inside because that is just a fucking stupid name. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a Scottish uh, Scottish YouTube personality. His name is Mark yeah. Meacham. Um, and and uh, I haven't watched any of his other YouTube stuff. Same. Um, but I've watched this one video that was popular a couple years ago. Um, and... Before we get into this conversation, I should say that I'm interested in quoting from the actual video so that what is actually on the line is clear. And I yeah. should say that if you are uncomfortable with slang related to the Nazis or sl- slurs against Jewish people, maybe skip this bit. Yeah. Cool. Disclaimer sad. <laughs> He has a girlfriend who has a dog that she is very, very proud of. It's a pug. <laughs> yeah. um, and you know how pug owners are, because only a pug owner can love a pug, because they are just not adorable I, animals. I, 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 I am in uh, extreme agreement. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so you're the type of people who – pugs are a polarizing thing. Like there's no one that's okay with pugs. Yeah. You're either in the majority that are like, why does this animal exist? Or the minority that thinks they are the cutest creatures on earth, which is why they own one. Um, uh. 
And his girlfriend goes on vacation. And so while she's on vacation, Mr. Count Dankula thinks it'll be funny to teach the dog to react to Nazi propaganda in a very positive way. Yeah. Um, one of the things he does is he teaches the dog to raise one of its paws when it's when he says Zig Hale. Zig Hale? Zig Hale. See? I don't know. Yeah. Which is like the Nazi like greeting, and so it's doing like the you know, Nazi salute whenever it says Zig Heil. I'm saying that wrong. German fans. Zig Heil? I, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Don't at Sieg me. Zig Heil? Yeah, um, whatever. The other thing is, I suspect the way he did this is that every time he took the dog on a walk, he would say this yep. phrase a bunch. And so it now, is. every time he says, gas the Jews, the dog gets super excited. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that you can only train a dog to react to by making it sound like a walk. Yeah. Because the dog is passed out, like completely passed out. And he's like, hey, it's time to get whatever his name is. Time to get Buddha. up. Time to get up. Dog's the dog Buddha. Buddha, yeah. The dog is just completely passed out. And then he says, gas the Jews, and the dog pops up. Like no. The only thing that could have caused that is by associating that phrase to going on a walk or a treat or something like yeah. that. Like even, even saying the dog's name, it doesn't come out of the sleep. Like he, is, no. he put a lighter on the dog's head while it was sleeping, and that didn't wake it up, and then he whispers, Jews, and the dog yeah. just jumps to attention. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, you know, you can find this offensive. You can find this hilarious. Um, you know, it is in poor taste. That's, That's what I would say. not distinct. Like, it is in poor taste. It's also pretty funny, if you ask me, and I'm okay saying that. But... Uh, I agree. So, it's it's one of those things that's like, there's a lot of stuff when you're watching comedians that's in poor taste. But you're like, I sat down knowing that somebody or I would be offended. Like, this is how this works. You know? And so... But a lot of times it, it seems less in poor taste in a in a comedy show because you're like, this is the way it is. Um, to me, it's fairly clear from the video that it is in poor taste, but like he doesn't actually believe this. Now, I would say believe whether you what? actually believe Well believe what? What is he uh, sorry, what, you, what you're right, sorry, let me rephrase. He is not a Nazi, what, what as far as I can tell. What is he espousing in this video? You're right. If there's someone who None. didn't You're know right. who the Nazis were, what would they have learned? What what action should they take based on this video? Tr- yeah, true. It's yeah. I so I I agree with that. Um, I would say though, for me, I was like still laughing because it's funny how reactionary the dog is, and you're like, "Lol, dogs don't know what they're doing." Like talking about. I mean, he even so shows like could, a clip of him. He'll put like he put like a Hitler speech on his computer, and the dog is just staring at it like enthralled. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it's funny. It is in poor taste. Like I think. And when you say something in the poor taste, you're like, I don't think I, I, I wouldn't bring myself to do that. Right. Like if, a, if I think a comedian's joke is in poor taste and there's plenty of jokes that are in poor taste, it's like, I think it's funny, but I don't know if I could stand in front of a crowd of people and re say that, you know? And so that's when I say it's in poor taste, but it's still kind of funny. Context is also important, right? So like we've talked about this before. If Patton Oswalt had gotten invited to go speak in front of a church and then went into his whole sky cake routine, yeah. that's in poor taste, right? Yeah, it's um, in more poor taste than, you know, you can think it's in poor taste when you're not at a church, but it, there's levels of where it's less or more right. appropriate. I was trying to think of the least appropriate place he could do that bit. Pro- yeah, that um, sounds good. And then, <laughs> and this is like, if this guy had been invited to like, you know, a conference for, you know, Jewish people and did this yeah. and then showed, his, showed off his dog doing the Hitler salute. That's in poor taste. But that's in poor. Yeah. He explains what he's doing at the beginning of the video. And at the end of the video, he says it's a joke, like in the video that he's being accused of. Oh, we haven't explained yeah. that. He, he's, a, he's Scottish. So this didn't happen in the United States, but it did happen in the UK, which I think most people would think is a pretty free culture, mm-hmm. um, pretty free society. He yeah. was arrested and convicted of spreading hate speech. Yeah. Um, he has not been sentenced yet. Yeah. 
But I'd like to know, do you think that he did anything that should be illegal? Uh, no. Unfor- I mean, no. And fortunately, no. I would say, again, um, I've always said that despite the fact that it does allow actual people like David Duke to be actually racist um, and and actually spread hate speech. Um, but see, here's the thing. is If we don't protect David Duke's right to speak and we not, yeah. limit his right to speak, then when the same rules we use to limit his right to speak, if those were Correct. in place, imagine what Trump would do with them. Correct. Yeah, and that's the whole point of free speech is that if there isn't some type of like, you know, imminent danger caused by the speech, um, it's not going to cause imminent violent action or, you know, the yelling, firing a crowd. Like if it's not going to cause something like that, then it should be protected speech, which is the way it currently is in the United States. And and that's what you'd say is you'd like – you say – I'm willing to deal with the idiots like David Duke so that the idiots like Trump can't use whatever laws would be applicable to restricting speech to restrict what I would view as good speech. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because, like, you don't, like, there's no clear good way to define what is good and bad speech. So, the only way to make sure that every good speaker is allowed to speak is to allow every bad speaker to also speak. Correct. And, and the speech that I would say, if I were to say Trump is a terrible president, it is conceivable that David Duke finds that speech as hateful as I find his speech. Correct. Right? That is conceivable. And, and so like what, what you find happens when you abridge free speech is that it's, it becomes much easier to, bridge the speech that you dis with that with which you disagree right <laughs> and so um and, and that's why i'd say like even if it weren't clear that this was comedically motivated it should still be protected um, it should still be protected because he's not I calling disagree- for violence right correct he's not calling for violence not he's not pointing um, any individual out there. I don't. I I wouldn't. I cannot imagine. Uh, the video will be in the description. Um, I cannot imagine someone possibly finding some way to argue that this speech could lead someone to harm in, uh, any particular individual or group of individuals based on the content of this video. I I would tend to agree, and, and I would say. Even speech, general speech that isn't actually directed towards imminent action is still protected. Like, even if you were to seriously say, gas the Jews, that, that, as far as I am aware, is protected as long as you are not trying to incite imminent action, imminent violent action. Um, which I think is a little borderline. Like, there's a little bit of like... Yeah, but you still kinda are espousing violence, which is which doesn't seem you know. But um, so there are edge cases there. But I think in general, the Supreme Court has said like unless it incites imminent violent action, speech should be protected. Um, and it's so it's it's because they'd rather err on the side of of protecting speech where possible should we know that that is the american supreme court you're talking about in this happened correct in scotland correct which is why he was convicted of a hate crime because in and in other countries they do have like canada similar to this um uk has some laws like this where um you can be convicted of hate speech much more easily than you can be in the united states um part of me says i can understand that but the bigger part of me says that um, it's it's a no true. It's funny that this is the fallacy. It's a no true Scotsman fallacy. Is mm. that the, the what I deem hate speech is not what you deem as hate speech, and it is conceivable that David Duke views my speech as hate speech, and I view his speech as hate speech. And so, who is correct? The minority, the majority. Like, do you really want the majority choosing what is 
not hate speech hate speech or not like it it ma- just makes things more complicated and we've had enough um, bad leaders in in u.s history that there's some power that i'd rather them not have and the ability yeah. to limit what someone else says is one of those powers i don't want some of our less savory leaders to have had correct and, and the thing is and you 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 could possibly tell yourself like well even if you did limit hate speech i don't think they would actually do it in my opinion trump is trying to limit speech against him as much as he possibly can legally which is to constantly tell his supporters that everything that anyone else says about him is fake news right and so that that is as that is him doing as best he can to make sure that the speech that is typically accurate uh, is not actually viewed as accurate by his supporters. Um, so that's as, uh, that's about as far as you can go legally in this country is to just continually try to say that it's bullshit. So in in conclusion, Aaron and I agree that <laughs> you should be allowed to say gas the Jews on YouTube. Correct. I, I, as much as I dislike that phrase, I believe that you should be allowed to say it. Um, I, I, I do think that companies and things like that, they have the option to choose if they don't like your speech, but that's a different story. That's not just general speech. I can't decide what exactly I want to talk about because... Uh, the the topic is kind of hybrid because there's a there's a piece there's like a philosophical element of the topic that really frustrates me, but it's kind of a, an own its own discussion in and of itself. So I'll just start it out. Um, the immigration debate on Sunday seems to be heating back up again. With uh, you know Trump tweeting some shit about how you know DACA he you know is completely against it or whatever, and he used this like caravan thing as part of his argument, um, which is completely. So so this is if if Trump is good at anything, he is super good. He's a fucking magician. That's that's what he does. He is super good at drawing your attention elsewhere so that whatever is actually the issue is never actually discussed. Um, and he even does it in, a, in, a, in ways that seem mind-blowing. It's like this thing that you distracted us with is actually worse. But since he then goes and distracts us with something else a day later, it's like no one can keep track of anything that like any actual issues and where he stands on them. So uh, I don't even know everything, but there's kind of around this time of year, there's activists and some caravans of um, people seeking asylum coming north from Central American countries. And the thing that doesn't make sense to me is he, his tweets didn't even address that. He was like, oh my God, idiot Americans. There's a caravan of people. We have to kill DACA now. And we need the military on the border. And it's like, you... I don't even know if he knows. Did he deceive himself? Or does he know? Or is he a good magician? Because, like, does he even know that the issue of DACA... Deferred action for childhood... I don't know the last letter... But whatever. Uh, And asylum seekers are like two completely separate kind of groups of people. Um, First, that asylum seekers are typically, not typically, but can be admitted into the United States while seeking asylum from violent conditions in their countries. So, like, that isn't even what a border wall is meant to protect asylum seekers seekers like walk up and say i am seeking asylum like that's one of the things that like anyway <laughs> um and then daca is for children who were brought to the united states pre 2007 illegally 
um, but not of their own volition, right? So mm-hmm. they came either with their parents or with a family member or something like that. Generally very, very and young. Generally very, very young. In many cases, um, you know, not old enough, you know, to have known that their whoever was bringing them to the United States illegally or whatever. And so the thing that's irritating to me first is like those are two completely separate like groups of people. And it's just this huge red herring is he saying and, – and, and, and again, it's this magician thing that he's like – he creates this persona out of thin air of these people are coming to run down our border and then draws a conclusion that DACA should be stopped. Um and then also draws the conclusion that the military should be on the border, that when asylum seekers get to the border, the military isn't going to block them. Now, the U.S. could say, even though th- that they've committed to certain amounts of uh, taking people who are seeking asylum with the U.N., uh, could say, we don't take asylum seekers anymore, and that's, that's different. The U.S. could conceivably do that but to draw this conclusion just seems completely ridiculous to me why does no one notice like why i then i'll watch fox news and it's like these people think that this is actually a good argument like there are fucking human beings who don't have enough brain cells to go what in the fuck are you talking about? These are different groups of people, and these issues have nothing to do with each other. How does this happen, Rob? Uh, Did you want a real answer? Yes, yes. I want to know, like, like, is it just like people want to be deceived? Like, and they're just waiting for Trump to, you know, flurl his little fucking cape or his top hat with the rabbit in it. I think I think there's a lot of things going on here. It's obviously very complicated. So there's not one solution to every one of these problems. Uh, sure. One thing is that the Republican Party, since, you know, n- a long time, their main motivation to get their main t- thing they use to get people out to vote is fear. Yeah. Here are all of the things you have to be afraid of. And they've been singing that song for 35 years now. And people yeah. are afraid. And so when they come on and say all of this scary shit, it resonates because they've been, even though nothing has happened in the past 35 years in the United States that you should legitimately be afraid of, it's been a relatively peaceful time given U.S. history. Uh, yeah. Not peaceful, but relative to the United States, it's used to kind of peaceful. Um, especially living here, there's been almost nothing to be afraid of here. Uh, yeah. But they've just been trained this way. So when Republic, when Republican leadership says all of this shit, they are afraid, and so they, they, they. I don't understand that. Like, like that's that's one of the things that doesn't make sense to me. It's it's like the same intellectual like uh, bankruptcy of. It's like someone can walk up to you and say, the flu vaccine causes autism, and you immediately go, I'm afraid. Like, without doing any type of intellectual work whatsoever, you're just like, I believe you. I'm afraid. It's it's like that fucking thing. It's like my least favorite thing I've ever seen. When... Uh, what's his face? That asshole that was the governor of Arkansas or something like that, and then he got his Fox, like some Fox News program. It's hyper, hyper religious guy. You mean everyone yeah. on Fox News? Well, yeah. Huckabee? Uh, God. Huckabee. Yeah, Huckabee. And he made this analogy. It's like we needed to block all Muslims from coming into the United States because it's like. If you had a bag of peanuts and you knew one was poison, would you let your children eat any of those peanuts? And it's like, that is such a dumb analogy. Like, the numbers don't even need... You would need, like, 80 trucks full of peanuts with one half of one peanut being poisonous to actually make this analogy work. Um, And people just go, oh my god, I'm afraid. You're right. I wouldn't 
give my children any of those peanuts, even though I let them drive in a fucking car every day, which is way more dangerous than eating a peanut from 80 trucks full of peanuts with one poison one. I drive them around every day. And I am immediately going to agree with you that we should block Muslims from entering this country because of your shitty-ass peanut analogy. Like, how does that happen? Um, Another thing that you'll see is that in order to talk bad against Trump, you have to talk bad against the Republican Party. And if you talk bad against the Republican Party, you have to admit that you were wrong about something. And people don't do that very often. Um, That's a difficult thing to do. And so it's stubbornness, I think, is, a, is another reason um, Yeah, where people would have to just say that perhaps the party that they've subscribed to might not be the party that they thought they subscribed to. And rather than saying that, they'd rather just keep on trucking. Um, yeah. And then probably <laughs> what I think is the most likely – uh, or the biggest factor is financial. I think that the Republican Party and their current stances on stuff is extremely good for rich people. And so yeah. I think that rich people pay a lot of money to keep this going because, it'll, like, this fear, this stubbornness, yeah. this is what allows them to continue to be wealthy and to continue to gain wealth. Um, and so they want this message out there uh, because they make money on it. Yeah, or, or it's like it's the only way to get a bunch of people who aren't super wealthy to s- subscribe to the party by pumping tons of fear messages into them uh, and then be like, oh, and by the way, we're going to, uh, you know... past policies that hurt you but will make you more afraid of asylum seekers than the policies that are like completely fucking you um yeah okay so the the other thing that's really frustrating to me too and i i feel like one of the things that makes it hard to discuss is that uh, people really really don't like like it when you when you say this to them, one of the things that I think is it's almost double think, like it's almost 1984 level double think of um, the the Republican Party is mostly made up. It has a large religious component, right? And the thing that I don't understand, and this is the thing that's interesting to me. I was raised Christian, and a lot of the messages really resonated with me. And the interesting thing for me, though, is that like when I decided that I didn't believe in a, in a supreme being, the messages didn't stop resonating with me. You know, like like it doesn't make you all of a sudden be like, oh, that message is bullshit. The message can still be positive or good for society. And you just don't subscribe to the heaven part of it or the supreme being watching you part of it or any of that. And the thing that's frustrating to me is like part of my stances on things like immigration policy uh, are derived from like literally direct quotes from the Bible. Right. Where when I read them, it just made sense to me like that. Wow. That's like that makes sense to me. You you should, um, you know, at one point, your people were probably strangers in a strange land or, you know, however you want to put it, like. They what's what's the word? They're more frightened of being in a strange place than than you should be of one stranger being next to you, <laughs> right? It's all new. It may be a new language. Like, that's harder than just accepting that person into your country, right? And what's really frustrating to me is, like, how – that just doesn't square. Like, how, how do you have this huge – like, Huckabee. How can Huckabee – have such, in my opinion, anti-Christian <laughs> immigration policies and pretend to also be a devout Christian. Like, he is just blatantly ignoring 
some of the, you know, more that that comes up. Jesus saying that you should, you know, uh, blessed is the stranger and things like that way more often than there's anything about gay marriage, right? So why is he ignoring those types of messages? Um, because he gets rich off of the other one. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Like, if you think Mike Huckabee or any of these famous, like, there are very few people who are famous for being Christian that, that actually, I bet, are Christian. They're mostly swindlers that see a way to take advantage of, of uneducated slash poor people. And so they, they spew their message in order to get people to hand them money and then they go buy private planes. What's upsetting to me is that I, I, I wish I didn't come to that conclusion. But it's people like Mike Huckabee who force me into that conclusion. Like it's, I mean, Joel Olstein, all of the know, TV even, even, oh, oh, yeah, I know. Those, the guy that's TV. that that woman who's like Trump's official religious advisor, uh, oh, yeah. Mike Pence, <laughs> like. that's the thing. It's like, I would prefer to just be an atheist and to truly respect all of the religious leaders for being devout religious leaders and, and be like, man, you know, I'm so glad that, that this person is here leading a group of people who want to be better people. And even though I don't subscribe to this religion I I love the impact it has on society, but then you hear Mike Huckabee talk, and you're like, "Fuck you!" Like, why? What? Like, you? This is so frustrating to me that you know he comes up with this asinine peanut al- analogy about Muslims while pretending to be a Christian, and it's just like you were the you were the reason why my answer is I don't think Christianity is actually a positive. If you could actually subscribe to it and actually say, I'm a Christian, and there are people who do this, which is great, but if you could be a leader and say, I'm a Christian, and the Bible says, show hospitality to strangers, like, what? then I would be like, Christianity is a positive influence on the world. But more often than not, they're Mike Huckabee or Mike Pence, and they're spewing shit. I mean, they're obviously doing it because they make more money doing this, and they think they can make more money doing the other thing. There's more money to be made in deceiving people than to... Yeah, well, yeah. Man, that's like, we gotta find that video. I think you might have said it to me before, but those, like, fucking two assholes on TV that were like... I need a private jet because I was on a public plane and then God spoke to me and said that I don't need to be on the plane with all of these devils. <laughs> like, oh man. Like, these are real people. Like, when I watched that, I was like, part of me was like, I, I, I don't want to believe that these are real people. Because <laughs> it just makes me think that it makes me turn into you, Rob, where I just think everyone's an asshole. <laughs> everyone's the worst, and I have no faith in humanity. And then the thing that gives me even less faith in humanity is that somehow people, after hearing that on TV, still follow those assholes. Like, how? How, how do you hear that and go, makes sense, makes sense? Like, ugh. So that's my um, two points on immigration policy. Trump's a fucking magician, and I, I, I just cannot reconcile the Christian right saying being so hardline on immigration policy when their religion, to the best of my knowledge, uh, is in direct contradiction to that policy. All right, Aaron, that wraps up episode meaning of the meaning of life. We didn't even mention that. 
Meaning of life. Oh, yeah, it is the meaning of life. We didn't mention that. That is upsetting. Man, and given what we talked about in this episode, life is pretty bleak. (laughs) Yes, it is. Uh, Well, if you want to talk about your existential crisis and the meaninglessness of the meaning of life, uh, come visit on Facebook and have a conversation or send us an email. Um, We're interested in in reading more of those. And... uh, um, Check out John Green's podcast, Anthropocene Reviewed. Uh, check out Aaron's Facebook feed uh, for just... <laughs> it's now confusing. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm sad I may not have read it before it was gone, but I'm also... I'm, I'm glad I didn't ever see it. Yeah. <laughs> But you you had a good I think the 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 thesis of this entire video should have been when you asked me knowing do, like do you know that your snark doesn't change minds and the answer is yes period That's mind blown I, The question is and I think the reason why you've devolved to using snark uh, is because you also realize that there's literally nothing you can do to change minds. So it could yeah. Why not have think... why not have some fun while you're not changing minds rather than say they're trying to be serious while you're not changing minds. While it's upsetting, I think that's probably it. It's kind of like I might as well have some fun with this because I'm not changing minds either way. So yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you got anything else? Now. Nope.